0: Great stuff. It's good. <clears throat> it's, good um, to um, it's good to be together. It's good to thanks work for sharing those um, thoughts with us and those pictures and impressions. Um, <laughs> um, I was telling you a few weeks ago that uh, uh, Finn asked uh, Jesus into his heart, and uh, how 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 fun and amazing that was. And he hasn't really spoke much about it since. But the other day in the car, he said to me. Um, there was our worship song on. And he, 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 I think he was trying to play up to me, but hopefully it was genuine. And he said something along the lines of, Daddy, I really loved it when I asked Jesus into my heart. And I said, That's wonderful, son. Well, how did you feel? You know, I was going for something, to, trying to get a bit more depth. How did you feel? And he just sort of peered into the sky and he went, Hmm, wobbly? <laughs> Still wobbly? So I was thinking to myself, Well, that's really, really good because. When you sense the Holy Spirit and when you watch things like we've just seen today, you know, I get that wee kind of wobbly feeling inside my spirit, uh, uh, to use kids' language, that God is at work and God is doing something, and we want to be present and alert to what He's doing and how He is doing it. Um, The plans, as you can see, hopefully allow us to yeah, have lots of space for our kids and youth, um, you'll see that in all the different multi-purpose rooms, but also give us lots of options ahead, and um, we can chat about that in the days ahead, about the different things that we want to see our community be able to access our building, lots of different ways. We do reckon to get the first floor done as well, it is probably going to be in the round another 400,000 pounds. Deep breaths. <laughs> um and uh, and we need to. So there's really exciting things ahead, but we need to pray, and we need to believe, and we need to stand in faith in the things that God has for us. And so I feel like this morning, I just need to change tact a little bit from what I was planning to speak about, which was the third soil in our parable of the sower. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit more about the seed that God has um, been speaking to us through in this particular parable, because the parable of the sower is still very relevant to everything that we've heard today. And I'm only going to take, don't worry, 10 or 15, well, 15 minutes or so to do this as best I can. And then hopefully we'll finish with communion together. What we have learned so far about this particular parable, if it's on the the screen, Johnny, is the emphasis is on the receptivity of the ground, okay? The receptivity of the soil. How receptive is your heart is really the question that this parable is posing. Jesus, the great and the kind sower, is sowing seeds with indiscriminate kindness. He's, He's scattering this beautiful, bountiful kingdom seed, and He wants us to receive, it. And what we come to realize, he wants us to know through this parable that there are going to be different types of responses to that seed. There are going to be different types of seed beds as the seed is scattered uh, and how they're going to receive the kingdom seed. And because there's going to be different seed beds, that means there's going to be different levels of response and different levels of harvest, if you like. But as we've kept on saying, the focus is not so much on the seed in this particular parable because it's assumed in this parable that the seed is good, that the seed is is always good. And the result of that is dependent, um, as I say, on the soil that the seed actually lands on. But what I want to talk a little bit more to you this morning about is I don't think sometimes we really fully realize how good the seed actually is. I don't think that we fully understand the power that is latent in that seed. I don't think that we often really get a handle because the seed seems so small and so insignificant. But I don't don't think that we often appreciate the exponential nature of the life-giving force that is contained within the seed that Jesus wants to plant. It carries the seed of the kingdom, of the gospel of the kingdom. It carries a dynamic fruitfulness. It carries what I'm going to describe today as the multiplier effect uh, Jesus wants us to realize, and the parable that he tells us is provoking us to think, that this seed only needs to find really good soil, and then you can trust and have confidence in the fact that this seed will do exponentially more than what we could ever imagine. In some ways, I'm jumping ahead in the series to the good soil this morning, but I think it's important. If you go to the Bible verse in Matthew chapter 13, so it tells us when Jesus first tells the parable, still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. And then further on down the chapter in the interpretation of it, he says, and what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Understands that he indeed bears fruit and yields Hold that word yield in your mind and heart this morning. Yields in one case a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. In one of the translations, it says, This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So just listen to the, the kind of logic of that. What was sown yields 30, 60, or 100 fold. Do you see the the multiplier? So according to what was sown, you get either 30, 60, or 100-fold back. Imagine a farmer, if you were a farmer, some of you are, planting a seed, having the sheer level of confidence, or let's use the word faith, that if this seed that you have, you can be so confident in this seed that all you need to do is make sure that it finds good soil... And you're going to get 30, 60, or 100 full back. If, if, we, if we knew that with that level of confidence, we'd, we'd maybe all become farmers, right? Because we just know that all we need to do is find good soil because we're so confident in what this seed carries that it's going to give us back. And it's going to yield us a result more than we could ever imagine. And this is what this kingdom parable is all about. When we plant seeds of the kingdom in faith we can have complete confidence, complete faith that the harvest will come. They're not necessarily always at the time we would like it or in the way we would like it, but we can have confidence that the seed that we plant will come into a dynamic level of fruitfulness, because there is a, there is a dynamic level of blessing that is latent within this seed. It is contained within the seed. <clears throat> Remember last year, I think it was last year, and um, when we did, or a couple of years ago, when we did the Bless to be a Blessing series, and we talked a lot about that seed of blessing that moves right through Scripture, and everything that God blesses bears fruit. Right from the creation mandate, right through the Scripture, everything that God puts His hand upon and blesses, it bears dynamic fruit more than what the initial seed that was blessed seems to indicate. <clears throat> in different aspects of the world today, people are looking for this multiplying factor. They're looking for the multiplier factor. We, we all do it in lots of different ways, but it's often the way the world works as well. Businesses are looking for that product that can go to scale really quickly and cost-effectively, aren't they? How do we make this thing, get it to go to scale, so that the work we put in on the initial product will, will, will multiply itself in such a way that we'll make a big margin on it? We're looking for the business model that ensures us we're going to get much more bang for our buck that we put in. Macroeconomics works on the principle that an injection of investment Into the economy will result in more jobs, more people spending money, and we'll get that multiplier effect going around. For those of you who did economics in school, you remember that idea of compound interest, that the interest that you get on an investment one year, then you get that on the interest that was added to the first year, and so on and so on and so forth, that you you get this multiplier effect. And I think it's fine to think that way. It's probably good business. It's effective. It's an efficient use of time um, in in order to build a system that gets more out of what we put in. But what I want to suggest to you today is God was thinking about this (laughs) way before our worldly systems got a hold of it and developed kind of counterfeit systems of it. Because this parable is all about this. This is far better than compound interest, by the way. This is a far better level of investment that you'll ever get than any cash that you put into Asia or anything else. Because this, when you plant it in the soil of good soil, kingdom soil, you get 30, 60, 100-fold back. This is an investment that we can't even imagine in the world. But crucially, God's way of dealing with this investment is different than the way the world deals with it. The kingdom way that we invest diverges from the worldly systems of this. Because the thing about it is the way the world works is we often end up trying to achieve this multiplier effect in worldly ways for worldly, selfish, often gains. Our flesh kicks in, and we want to achieve this multiplier effect by short-circ- short-circuiting the process of getting there. So we want to do the least that we can with as little effort as possible to get as much profit as we can often for ourselves. That's often the way it works in the kingdom. Or sorry, in the world. That's the way it works in the world. But the way it works in the kingdom is different because the multiplier effect in the kingdom of God and in the story of God, thousands and two nations is directly connected to the sacrifice of one. The multiplier effect of thousands is directly connected to the sacrifice of one. The blessings to cities, the blessings to nations, the blessings to the world moves through a seed that is prepared to go into the ground in sacrifice and surrender. This is a great story that we're part of. I'm not going to go over it all again because I've taught in this many times before, but Abraham, just to mention a few names to remind us, Abraham, the father of blessing. We still sing Father Abraham with many sons, not because it's a good tune, but because he is the father of our faith, because he is the one that had to learn that he was stewarding blessing to the nations. to to all the nations, not just to his nation, but to nations. But he had to learn how to give up everything in order to steward that seed of promise the way that God wanted them to. Isaac, Jacob, Jacob had to be straightened out. He had to literally be wrestled with God. He had to learn how to almost go into the ground and die in order for him to carry this blessing to nations. Joseph, one of Jacob's sons, he had to go into a pit. He had to be hidden for years before he was raised up to bless a nation and to bless the nations. Let's make sure we get a female in there. Esther. Esther was going to see of her people. But she was only going to realize, because we love to quote that verse with Esther, don't we? I was born for this hour kind of thing. Could I not be being called to the kingdom for such a time as this? It's a brilliant verse, but she only realized she was called to the kingdom for such a time as this when it was directly connected to the fact that she might lose her life for doing it. It was connected to sacrifice. It was connected to surrender. And only then did her vision and destiny for her life become clearer and more focused. This is the story we're part of. And Jesus comes as the embodiment of the blessing of God, as the as the flesh and bones person of second person of the Trinity, walking on the earth, the fulfillment of the seed of blessing and promise. He carries them all. Paul would say later, all the blessings. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. There's something in Jesus that carries all the blessings for all the world. But as that ultimate seed of promise in a human body, Jesus goes into the ground. Jesus, unless a grain of wheat goes into the ground and dies, it cannot produce a fruit. And Jesus goes into the ground. But praise God, the love. The power that was in that seed was so strong that it came back out of the grave. And as it came back out of the grave, blessings started to spread, not just to Israel, but to the whole world. And blessings started to spread, not just through humanity, even though that's God's first love. It started to to spread through creation itself. And the project, the new creation project, if you like, had begun, that all things now are going to be made new. Because a seed went into the ground, but that seed came back up out of the ground in a fruitful harvest. That is the story that we're part of. This this is not just a nice building project. This is a story that we are part of that's been unfolding since the beginning of time, since God spoke to Abram and said, I want you to bless all nations. And, and God plants seeds in our hearts, and God plants Himself in our hearts. And then, but we have to learn to die so that we get to carry the blessing to all nations. What if we were called to change the destiny? Well, we believe we are the name of this area, the steward blessing wherever we go. And so over the next few weeks, as we think about prayer and offerings and things like that, I I do believe that the Holy Spirit is drawing us into a fresh place of sacrifice and surrender. I believe He's gripping our hearts as a people. I believe He's starting to do this all around the world, by the way, at the moment. And those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying will respond, I believe, to that. That's why I felt like I needed to change what I was supposed to speak about this morning. The verse that we spoke about in Matthew chapter 13 in this parable is the word yield, I was struck by the fact that yield means two things this week, doesn't it? It's interesting that sometimes they use the word yield when it's talking about producing a harvest. So it yielded, the seed yielded 30, 60, or 100. But yield also means sacrifice or surrender. That sounds to me like a kingdom word. If that your sacrifice and surrender, you're willing to give up control or responsibility of something like yourself, is directly connected to the fruitfulness that's going to come out of your life. This is the real multiplier effect of the kingdom of God. This is where it's different than the worldly ways that we have thought about this. And so, I just really want to remind us this morning. We're going to take communion in a few moments. I just really want to remind us this morning that we have been called to steward blessing in this area, to steward the blessing of God in remarkable ways. And in order to do that, though, you can only do that if you understand the economics of the kingdom. And right smack bang in the middle of this parable in Matthew 13, it says uh, this on the screen, Jesus replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, the economics of the kingdom are part of the secrets of the kingdom. Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has been given more, whoever has, sorry, will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. If we're good stewards, God will give us more. 400,000 pounds. Has God got it? Does anybody think God has it? Yeah? Right. Okay. So <laughs> great. That's great. Because if we don't, we need to do an hour preaching something else. Okay. <clears throat> right. So I'm not trying to be, be, be funny or facetious here is the way, the way I'm saying this. I'm just trying to get us to think if God's got it, now maybe there's a timing thing that we'll need to be wise about and listen to. But if he's got it, and if it's for the extension of his kingdom, what stops that kind of money coming through? The thing that stops, I believe, the thing that stops that kind of money coming through is a church or as a people of God who don't know how to steward blessing. Because if God wants to put it, like, as far as I am aware, God doesn't do, like, He doesn't have like a special spaceship where He just sends down like angel ninjas, right, to kind of do His work. Like, they're, they're involved, but He wants to do it through His body, through His people, through humanity, through the church. And the way, so he wants, he wants people that can steward blessing. And to encourage you a little bit, to build your faith a little bit, God has been doing that amongst us. Who, who would have thought, as I said earlier, who would have thought six years ago that we would even be contemplating this? But little by little, as God said to the children of Israel, little by little I've given you the land. The offering that we put in before has multiplied. Lenny has told me that while we've got money in savings, there's things that he's paying out every month that he doesn't have to go into our savings for, for the building, because the money that's coming in here on a Sunday, he's able to pay stuff out. That's why we've been able to deliver this way under budget, because God has multiplied. We taught on Blessed to Be Blessing series a couple of years ago. I'm not saying it's purely because of this, but God, I believe, did something in us as a people about how we understood blessing. From 2021 to 2022, year on end, our tithes and offerings went up by 53%. That, that's remarkable. That is a remarkable in, in, increase. It is. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for faithful givers. But there's more. There's, there's even more. I sound like a comedian. Right? There's more. right? But there, God, wants to, God wants that incline to continue. He wants to blow our brains a little bit around the ceilings that we have in terms of how we restrict them and how we think. But it just starts with being faithful with your seed. It's, it's the little things. Do not despise the day of small things. What do, you, what do you do? And so in one way, I'm not overly concerned about how much you give, or God's not overly concerned, or first and foremost. He is concerned that about that, because it's important that we don't skimp God. And, and so he is into the details of that. But what I want to get at is it's how you give. Are you, are you going to give of faith? Are you going to give as a cheerful giver? And not just our money, our lives, our times, all of that. Do, do we give out of the place of the joy of what it is to plant ourselves and to lay ourselves down into the seed of God? Into the soil of God, so that He can do something wonderful. And it's not just us. Little by little, God has given us the land. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had Gary Galway here, and his wife Heather, as they chatted about the prayer hut in Drumcree, which used to be the place of protest, now now being turned into a place of prayer. This is little by little, that God gives us the land when people make small choices to honor God with what they've been given, they die to their own ambitions plant themselves in the soil of the ground, and we get the steward blessing. Little by little by little, God is giving us more than we could have dreamed of. And let's be inspired by that as we pray and in faith (laughs) the seeds that God has given us, planting them in the soil of sacrifice and surrender, but in faith knowing that they will give an increase. And so over the next few weeks, as we think and as we pray about what that might look like financially, And I know some people, what I really want to say is I know some people have already given to the building fund incredibly sacrificially. So I just want to say thank you, bless you, and uh, don't feel pressure. Just open our hearts before the Lord and by the work of the Holy Spirit just to do what He wants to do in us. Not, Not just about our money, but about our lives to steward the blessing of God in and through this area. I have more that I was going to say, but I need to stop. And I want us to have communion. Um, I just want to say this. And this is where I really want you to hear that this is more than just money. Uh, on Thursday morning, Thursday mornings over in Lurgan, you're more than some people do go over. There's an early morning prayer meeting, half past six, for praying for the lost specifically. Um, I can't always make it myself, but uh, there's a number of people that are always there. God is really moving and speaking. In those particular um, mornings, and um, last, last 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 Thursday morning, felt like there was a strong prophetic word that came out of that time, out of a real time of brokenness and weeping, as people really sought God to move in our churches. There was a really tangible sense of the Holy Spirit, and it felt like the whisper of the Lord came. and And this is what it was: it was very simple. It was get ready get ready. Get ready. Believer and unbeliever, get ready. And I really have a strong sense of stirring the last few weeks that God really wants to move. And um, those who have ears to hear will hear and respond. Those who have eyes to see We'll look for the signs of God moving and prepare our hearts for the beautiful things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and amongst us. He's moving all over the earth today, but I want us to think about how He's going to move here and how He's going to do that first and foremost in our own hearts. So, as the guys play it quietly, why don't you just take a moment to still our hearts?